sometimes unconventional, but always entertaining. They're kooky and they're spooky. It's time to cross to the other side. Welcome to Spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata. And good evening to all you spooksters out there. Happy Halloween! It's almost that time of the year where all the spooky people in the world rejoice for the whole month of October. And heaven help anyone that puts up a Christmas decoration before October is done. That's all I can say. How are we doing tonight, Auntie Renata? You good? I'm fine, thank you very much. And we're joined by Cousin Steve. How are you? Hello, I'm great. Haven't we had a fantastic week? Weekend, We've people. had a busy weekend. It's been a very busy week since we landed back from the old USA last Friday week, it was. Mm. So a lot happened, hasn't We've it? We've been working every single day. <laughs> Our freckles are busted. Absolutely. Um, we have had a massive weekend where we had a ghost hunting 101 with some beautiful people. It was a private. You can actually book the jail to do a private Ghost Hunting 101 with the Frightfully Good team. And uh, we will take you around for two hours for a paranormal experience. Mike, I got it right. Just remember that. Tell me I'm good. Uh, and uh, just contact the jail. Give Maitland Jail a call and inquire about that. But we had the group from Novacare. Yes. And they had they a were hoot. Fun. They yeah. were a hoot. They were a hoot. And then we followed it up with an all-nighter at the residence. We always love the residence. And we, we had an exorcist experience, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah, that was very unexpected. Very nice. And we want to give a big shout-out to Dave. Thank you, Dave, for cleaning, Thank you, Dave. cleaning up <laughs> Clean the exorcist, up exorcist moment. The, that pea, was, the pea green soup. Yep. Well, I didn't get to see what colour it was because if I had, I would have joined in with some probably sweet corn soup. Um, There we go. All right, Renata. Yes. Have you got a story for us? Oh, before we go on, I just have to tell you all that Renata came up with this fabulous idea to have a Halloween special tonight. (laughs) It's going to be all Halloween-based stories. We're going to tell everything about Halloween. How many Halloween stories you got, Renata? Um, Well, they're kind of Halloween-ish in that they're out (laughs) because it is Halloween, but that's about as close to Halloween as they have. Gotten. Somebody ran out of time. <laughs> anyway, that's all right, because I know I have got all Halloween stories, apart from my ABC of Mythical Creatures, which I'm making this pair tell you the story oh, tonight. No. Is this a chat chip? We have, of course it is. Oh, we have a script God. for vampires and they're joining oh. in in the fun. But then I have a radio play for them to read with me. It's going to be a hoot. Can't wait. All right. Can't wait. Let's get on with Renata's opening story because I'm sure it's going to be a cracker. So we have a review of the Yorkshire Exorcist. Now, this is a new program that's being shown on Discovery Plus and on the Really channel. And it's on at Halloween. And it is an hour-long special series that stars Ian Lawman. And he is a... Psychic, medium, and an ordained exorcist. He was on that Australian production, Haunted Australia. What was it? Haunted Australia or something like that? Yes, yes. Yes, I remember him. So Ian is no longer. Ian is no stranger to the supernatural spotlight, known for his appearances on the paranormal reality show Help! 
My House is Haunted. I uh, need somebody. Now, now Ian is going it alone, a challenge that might be daunting to some, but Ian says he considers exorcism a solo pursuit. Oh, in other words, he's pissed off everyone around him and they don't want to join him. <laughs> and he emphasises that performing an exorcism requires total focus and no interference. Yes. See, as I told you, uh-huh. the other people are interfering with his job. Now, in the show, we learn that Ian, who claims to have been hearing voices from an early age, Uh-oh. was ordained by the Church of England in 2014 and serves as part of their deliverance ministry. Ian da-da-da. says that his work involves casting demonic entities out of homes and people. So there's a lot of ghost hunting shows on television and the Yorkshire Exorcist doesn't revolutionise the genre. In other words, what they're saying, it's the same old shit, just in a different... Like glad wrap package. Anyway, <laughs> but it certainly offers a fresh angle and is very welcoming um, for an hour-long show and it's perfect to get stuck into over Halloween. I think it's called Same Shit, Different Stink. Okay. There you go. The program could be described as an extension of Help, My House is Haunted, particularly given that Jane Harris, Ian's co-star on Help, oh, also makes an appearance. <laughs> It's as if the other host, Barry Guy, simply couldn't make it to the filming of one of the episodes. Or they didn't invite him because they hate him. That's what... Yes, yes. I told you I must be psychic at the beginning. I did say that. Mm -hmm. Uh, In fact, The Yorkshire Exorcist is different from Help. It's not a ghost hunting show. Ian has a different mission and motive throughout, which will make this special of interest... This make this special of interest of interest to a different audience. <laughs> oh, make this special of interest. Of interest. To it's all about punctuation the matters. It's the Just remember, people. we have not slept. We've been awake <laughs> all night. So the Yorkshire Exorcist is a one-off because they all looked at it and went, "Oh my god, that's so bad." We're Help. not doing another one. Never Me, mind. if you can, I'm feeling down. But I'd personally love to see more of Ian in this setting. Oh. However. Turning this format into a series could be challenging as all of the cases would be pretty similar and would all end up with some kind of exorcism. Ooh, wow. That's that's a statement that just shut everything down, doesn't it? Mm. So what sets the Yorkshire Exorcist apart is its human-centric approach. Instead of the same old spirit box sessions and questionable gadgets that we see time and time again in every ghost hunting show on television, the Yorkshire Exorcist focuses on a human story. This focus is what gives the show its unique appeal even if it does slip into some practices that may leave a more sceptical viewer scratching their head. A prime example would be the use of Indian bells, which we are told break down the energy flow that the demon possessing Ian's victim is latching onto. It's a muddled concept with no scientific backing and comes across a little jarring in the program, which elsewhere focuses on real personal experiences and Fears it's a bit of a that roasting, can't isn't it? be disputed. Yeah, there you go. This, the um, special revolves around the case of Michelle, a 44-year-old woman residing in the Lancashire town of Skel- Skelmersdale. Skel- Skelmersdale. 
You're telling the story. Michelle <laughs> is convinced that something supernatural has attached itself to her, a belief she's held for a staggering 16 years. <gasps> that is a very firm belief and bias. She describes feeling drained and anxious, plagued by frequent nightmares, and even finds herself mysteriously marked by three claw-like uh, scratches on occasion. That's, it. that's the sign of the three-leaf clover. Adding a sinister tone, she's experienced blackouts and significant memory loss. Has she been to a doctor? Mm, sounds like a binge night on Has Saturday. Has she laid off the Chardonnay? I know. <laughs> the Chardonnay. Michelle's husband, Andy, appears on the show to echo these concerns, stating heart- echo, heartbreakingly, echo. I just want her back. Feeling powerless, both believe Ian is their last hope, particularly after medical and psychological tests <gasps> yield no explanations. They've done medical tests. They have. So Ian arrives on the scene. Let's tell everybody what this whole show is about so no one watches it. (laughs) Ian arrives on the scene with his trademark hat and bag and immediately it's clear that Michelle is uncomfortable with Ian being in her home. The demon knows. What's the the bet? There's, There's that shot. From the Exorcist poster with him under the, the street yeah. light. Oh, yes, I'm putting money on it. it has to she be. can barely make eye contact with him, a common phenomenon believed to occur with spiritual attachments or possessions. <laughs> Anne begins Lazy to monitor eye. Michelle's movements within her home via static cameras placed around the house. He then seeks the expertise of demonologist Ben Winfield. Ben thinks that Michelle is crazy. No, might be plagued <laughs> by an elemental. Oh, stop making me laugh. A <laughs> mystical entity in nature belonging to one of the four classical elements, earth, air, water, and fire. But what about spirit? Ben fears that such an entity has latched onto Michelle and is feeding off her energy. He warns that the attachment may be on the brink of escalating into a full-blown possession. Mm-hmm. Ian needs to act fast and is faced with a moral dilemma. Though an exorcism is usually the last resort, Ian senses that this may be the only option left on the table for Michelle. Let's do it, he says. As the episode nears its climax, (gasps) we watch Ian prepare for the task of driving out the demon that's ensnared Michelle. He brings in Jane Harris, his teammate from Help! My House is Haunted, to assist him in the ritual where we find out if Ian has acted in time with the right course of action. Now, does that want everyone to? Does that that description there want to make everyone watch the show? I'm That's what so I want to know. Excited, would, I'm moist. Would, would those that are, um, are watching us on YouTube at the moment, would you say yes? Would you watch this show after that description? So just pop yes into the comments. Let's see. Oh, by the way, there's people watching on YouTube because <laughs> normally you can't pop that into the comments on radio. Uh, <laughs> yes. That is the radio I comments. said YouTube. I did yeah, say yeah, YouTube. yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've, we've, we've got some watching. For a minute. From, uh, we're watching. Uh, there's some from Facebook as well. Mm. Uh, I've got some texts that are coming through, which we always like and we love. We want to say a big shout out to Hide and Seek Paranormal. Yeah. Hello, Hide and Seek Paranormal. Uh, Paraquest. Paraquest, sorry, I've got the wrong word there. Hello, Paraquest. Uh, and we have a comment there, Steve. You've been hilarious recently. Oh, look, I try. Oh, lol. I'm naturally gifted. He what is. Can I say? He is. It's the stuff you don't see that's the funniest. This is true. Um, Andy Mandy took a picture of my back from after last night, and I have a scratch. <gasps> she did. She actually. Oh. Oh. Who? Wait, who, who? Who was it? What? Andy Mandy. 
I don't know. One of the girls said that she had a scratch on her back. Oh, nice. We do like a scratch. She had in the private tour. In the I was going to say in the private parts. Or? In the private tour. Oh, don't make me the like private like, tour. Yeah, I believe oh, the so. Girls. Um, it's all bleeding together. Oh, uh, we've also got a shout out to Lisa, who's watching from Alabama. Well, Hello, howdy, Lisa. Lisa. And Zena uh, likes our comment about the Chardonnay and is suggesting that we add some barbecue shapes to that. <laughs> <laughs> we have a statue of baby Jesus. Now, if you've got some stories, Halloween. you've got your ghost stories to share. Hello, Patricia, aka Seamus, uh, Northeast USA. I'm loving that we've got all our American people on. Love so you all. Do we have the UK represented? Love you all. Um, where are our other internationals? We love to hear Where's from you. Who's that person all. from Norway? Uh, we've got Alison here who said, I got several scratches while investigating the duplex on Norfolk Island. Mm-hmm. My friend had to vacate the property and was pushed down the front steps. It felt very unwell. I have a question. Did she get and, back up again? As, mm. as soon as we left the property, she it felt okay. Um, and the Facebook user is watching it in my pools. In where? In your pools. Oh, in your pool. Oh. No, pools. In her pearls. Oh, I didn't say in her. Oh, straight. Oh. They're coming up as Facebook users, so I'm sorry. I don't know who it is. Um, I'd watch it in my pearls, they're saying, oh. the, the TV show that you were talking oh, about. Oh, right. Sorry, I, I had to interpret. You. Oh, hi, Seth. Um, How are you today? It was Seth? me, Seth. I got the scratch and I got a picture of it. Ah. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Awesome. We want a picture. Uh, I had my grandpa come to me the night he died. I told my mum that I saw grandpa in my room and my mum said I couldn't um, couldn't have as he had passed away. Now I have an actually interesting story uh, similar to that which came to me yesterday and I'm hoping I might be able to read it to you but it um, was a little bit difficult and uh, it gave me a much needed release. Mm. Emotional release. An emotional release. <laughs> You'll have to stick that. around because we'll be going to a Hi, song Glenis. soon we are to hear and story. Oh Luke's in his Pools. Oh, hello, Babs. <laughs> I'd say he was the one that's saying you've been funny recently. Oh, I do try. It's been an improvement I use, before. I use my humour. <laughs> All right, look, what we're going to do is we're going to go to a song and we'll come back after this one. Now, please remember, India Mara, <laughs> a.k.a. Jeff, chose these songs tonight. They have special meaning for him. Mm. And I, I understand that. I, I understand that. There, there are some... Cliff Richard songs that have special meaning for me. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. Is this still alive? Is Cliff and Barry? Have you Barry Man- Are you a Fabolo as well? No, oh, no. no. Not a, no. Oh, I used to like Barry Manilow. Oh, big surprise. Oh, dude. Oh, oh, that, oh that hair, the blonde hair. It's oh. still the same, I think. <laughs> I think it is. Chip away at it. <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll go to the pickaxe. He takes it off every night before yeah. he gets to Oh, I can't even get a word in. All right, we're, we're going to a song. We're going to a song. Back after this. You're listening to Spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata on Newcastle Live. 
Oh, there's a little bit of shenanigans going on in the studio tonight. I feel refreshed. I feel I feel bathed in his blood. I feel the glory coming down upon me. Oh, well, if anyone missed it's the weekend, if anyone missed that little dance that Steve was doing, you can actually. Oh, Joanne sent us a stu- super sticker. Thank oh, you. Joanne. Thank you, Joanne. Oh, ever faithful. Um, uh, yes, uh, you can go on to YouTube and watch that at a later date. Just look at Anne and Renata frightfully good ghost grannies. Joanne has bought us more time, <laughs> so we will stay online longer tonight. Thank you to, to Joanne. Another two minutes, Joanne. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll do another segment for that. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh Becca Lee oh, sent us some as well. Becca Lee. Becca Lee. for a segment. Oh, you're a good girl, Becca Lee. 20, good girl. 20 bucks buys us another 15 <laughs> minutes here. <laughs> Good girl, we'll Becca find Lou. our own sponsors. Bugger everyone else. Yeah, all right. Now, this is what you've all been waiting for. It is the ABC. Oh, no. The ABC of mythical creatures. I do notice that I do not yet have my theme music, and we're, we're up to V for vampires, so we're almost at the end. But I have a script here for you, oh. which I'm now handing to Cousin Steve. What colour am I? Um, and you'll notice you've got a little bit of a oh. skin-toned colour there. I'm like brown. Um, it's not brown. I'm green. Yes. Well, <laughs> your, your colours are normally lime green for your Newcastle Ghost Tours, which I did notice our ads have disappeared, but that's okay. Mm. Um, So We'll we'll make it up. Tonight, here we go. Mm -hmm. It's very simple, people. You just have to follow the script. (coughs) There there is actually uh, direction here for them to follow. So let's see if they can uh, follow. I'm trying not to block the camera. Uh, We are currently live on YouTube. Um, Welcome, dear listeners, to a special extended Halloween edition of Spooky Sundays. It's not actually extended, but you know. What is now. It is because somebody bought us a super sticker. Um, I'm Anne, and I'm joined by my amazing co-hosts. Oh, I've been <laughs> upgraded. I'm the star of the show now. <laughs> um, mind you, I haven't read through this. Renata and Cousin Steve. Happy Halloween, everyone. We have a thrilling show lined up for you today. <laughs> Get ready for a chilling dive into the world of vampires. That's right, folks. Today we're immersing ourselves in the dark and mysterious realm of vampires. Let's start by digging deeper into what vampires are and where this spine-tingling legend originated, Renata. <gasps> of course, Anne. Vampires are supernatural creatures often depicted as immortal beings who feed on the blood of the living. This legend has ancient roots and can be found in folklore from various cultures, including those of Eastern Europe. The very word vampire comes from the old Serbian vampir and Slavic upir, which both mean one who drinks. So, Anne... How did this fascination with vampires begin? Excellent question, Steve. The vampire myth has ancient origins with early accounts of creatures resembling vampires in Mesopotamian mythology. But the vampire legend as we know it today gained popularity in Eastern European folklore, particularly in countries like Romania, and hungry. I had dinner. Yeah, not only those countries, I'll tell you that. Let's not forget 
about the legendary Count Dracula. <gasps> what? Oh, God, he goes the elbow. Now, no, they didn't see that last week. Put your elbow up. For the people on camera, they Ready? can see Hold it. Off. I've got the eyes he, as well. Oh, sorry, we're, just, we're coming away. <laughs> coming away from the script there. Um, uh, oh, we're, oh, that's right, I'm excited. Absolutely, Renata. Bram Stoker's 1897 novel Dracula Introduced the world to the iconic vampire Count Dracula, who was inspired by the real life figure Vlad the Inhaler. I mean, the Impaler. laugh on hurts. Uh, Stoker worked, uh, Stoker's work played a monumental role in shaping our modern vampire lore. <laughs> okay. Well, what about vampires in the modern world? Do they exist in some form today? <gasps> modern vampires may not have fangs and transform into bats, but they are communities that identify as real vampires. They claim to have an energy deficiency and need to feed on psychic or emotional energy from others. It's a fascinating subculture. Can relate. That's intriguing, Anne. But speaking of modern-day vampires, did you hear about the recent incident involving our own cousin Steve? What? Me? What happened? Well, (laughs) Steve, our listeners will love this. Just last week, cousin Steve had an encounter with someone he thought might be a real vampire at a late night coffee shop. Oh, come on, Anne. It was a strange encounter. This person had really pale complexion and was wearing sunglasses indoors at midnight. I wear my sunglasses at night. No, anyway. Uh... Did they try to oh, bite you? He Steve? didn't follow the instructions there, Renata. There is a direction. <laughs> Thank you. Did they try to bite you, Steve? <laughs> no, Renata. Nothing that traumatic, but they did order a triple espresso with extra sugar, and I thought that was pretty suspicious. <laughs> I can't talk. I I've just acted her to death. Oh, oh, the modern vampire caffeine fix. (laughs) Steve, you surely keep us entertained. (laughs) Indeed, Steve. And on that note, we've just scratched the surface of our vampire exploration. Stay tuned because we've got some more spine-tingling tales and legends coming your way. Fantastic. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, everyone. <laughs> that was an acting choice. Yes, yeah, that was. It was fabulous. Um, happy Halloween, dear listeners. Tune in for more thrilling tales on Spooky Sundays. Until then, stay spooky. Oh. Did you enjoy that? Oh, I think. Was that fun? I'm up for a logie. What, what, what did I? What, what did our listeners think of that? Uh, I need to know. What did you think about that? Because if you all respond that you loved that, I've got a story. I have got a story here for us. I have got a story. I, I've just got to get right. It's called. Whispers in the Crypt, a haunting Halloween tale, and it's it's a radio play, and I love a radio. Bloody awesome! They're saying noise. Um, We just we just need Kerry Ann Kennelly to join in now. (laughs) Hello, (laughs) Kerry Ann.
turn. Do, do we want do we want the radio play? It's it's only short, so we can fit it in in five minutes. Ooh, oh, right. we've been good. Daisy sent us a super sticker. Oh, oh, we're, we're going all we've got five dollars. Thank you, Daisy, oh, thank so you, much. Daisy. All right, with that resounding success, I'm going to hand over now. <gasps> Script your number radio two. play. Oh, we've got it. We've got a we've got a callback. I reckon we've got. I reckon we've got another whole show here that we can jump out and and make this a whole separate oh. channel. Can can we do costuming in the background oh, too? Sound effects. This one has sound <laughs> effects. We oh, get, you could have warned us. Oh, well, no, you're going to have to be creative on the spot no, it's, it's, it's improvisation, it's called. Right. Okay. But this is what I said the last time. Never mind. Go ahead. No, it's a sequel. This is the sequel. This is the story now. Welcome back. Yes. Welcome back to Spooky Sundays, our extended Halloween special, because we keep extending it with vampire stories. We've discussed vampires, their origins and modern examples, and now it's time to send shivers down <laughs> your spine with a spooky vampire tale. And what better way than to do that with a radio play? Renata, Steve, are you ready? Absolutely, Anne. Let's dive into this spine-tingling story. I've got my garlic and wooden steaks ready, Anne. Let's do this. (laughs) It was a dark and stormy Halloween night. And our story begins in a small, mysterious town known for its haunted history. Our protagonist, I'm the lead, played by Cousin Steve, has just As moved to this eerie place. My name is Jack, and I've always been drawn <laughs> to the supernatural. Little did I know, my new home had secrets lurking in the shadows. <laughs> And I'm Lucy, the enigmatic neighbour who lived next door. I had an air of mystery about me, and Jack couldn't help but be intrigued. I'm intrigued. Every night I hear strange noises coming from Lucy's house, and my curiosity got the best of me. So I decided to investigate. As Jack ventured into Lucy's house one fateful night, he discovered a hidden door leading to a crypt beneath her home. Inside, he found ancient books, cryptic symbols, and something that sent chills down his spine. Crikey! It's a (laughs) coffin, and it's open! Another character choice. <laughs> Roll with it. Come on. Jack, you've stumbled upon my secret. You need an inhaler. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an umpire. <laughs> Netball. <laughs> I'm a vampire. Shush, it's my one. <laughs> I do this myself. Come on, get on with professionals here. I'm a vampire. Cursed to live in the shadows for centuries. (laughs) Jack's heart raced as he realised the truth about Lucy. But there was something about her that drew him in despite the danger. Look, I want to help you, Lucy. Is there a way to break this curse? Oh, there might be, but it's perilous. We must find the ancient amulet of Alaric. 
hidden deep within the haunted forest. Together, Jack and Lucy embarked on a treacherous journey into the heart of the haunted forest, where they encountered ghosts, ghouls, and other supernatural creatures. Danger, danger, we can't turn back now, Lucy. We must find the amulet to break the curse. I believe in us, Jack. We'll face whatever comes our wall. I don't know what creaking trees noises make when you've got to do it with your mouth. Thank you. After a series of harrowing adventures, they finally found the amulet of Alaric. That was glossing over it a bit, wasn't it? Yeah, I know. But as they reached out to grab it, a sinister figure appeared before them. Pauline Hanson, it's the guardian of the amulet. What will we do, Lucy? We must confront our fears and prove our love and that it's stronger than this curse. When did you fall in love? I don't know. Something's happening. Imam da shabaya uha yabda. What? <laughs> That's not in it's the script. It's an epic it's confrontation. <laughs> it says theatrical sound. Oh, sorry, wrong one. <laughs> All right, with courage and determination, Jack and Lucy defeated the Guardian. I don't like it. And obtained the Amulet of Alaric. As they returned home, they performed a powerful ritual to break Lucy's curse. The Macarena. Oh, Macarena, Macarena, Macarena. Oh, oh Macarena. Crikey again, Lucy, it works. You're no longer a vampire. Oh, Jack, you've given me my humanity back. I'll be forever grateful. Oh, thank you, Jack. And so our story ends with Jack and Lucy united by love and bravery, living their lives free from the darkness of the vampire's curse. Happy music, happy music, happy music. <gasps> what a thrilling tale, listeners. We hope you've enjoyed our spooky Halloween vampire story. <laughs> it was a pleasure <laughs> bringing it to life, even if it gave me the creeps. Yes, thanks for joining us this, for this eerie adventure, but we've got a little ditty about Jack and Diane next week. <laughs> happy Halloween, everyone. And that's it for our extended Halloween vampire stories on the Spooky Sundays, but stay tuned for the next segment where we have more spine-tingling tales and your questions and answers that you have texted through. Now we're off to a song, if I can find the button. Do you have paranormal questions? Well, we have the answers. It's time for Spooky Chat with Anne and Renata. And it's that time of the evening where we hand the show over to our listeners, watchers, whatever it is you're doing with us right now. Uh, we have hopefully got some questions from you guys. And there was one thing I wanted to read out, but Renata has grabbed that phone very quickly because there was a comment about something that Renata did as a story last week. <gasps> what have you done? I can't remember. Um, this person, whose phone number ends in 565, said, McKamey Manor isn't real. Oh, that's right. It's the... I just thought the, you'd want to know. Remember we were talking yes, about the, yes. the, the people that paid. Yes. And it's like a 80-page yeah, yeah. disclaimer and yeah, yeah. everything. It, it's a hoax, Renata. 
Is that really? There's been yeah. lots of them though, so it's. Pro- yeah. I'm sure one of them was real, and then everyone's, yeah. you know, luck. It's exaggerated. Yeah. Maybe we can do a story, a radio play on that one. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, well, we've got a joke that's come in. Oh, oh, I do like a joke. Hi, Shane. Why are skeletons so calm? I don't know. Why are skeletons so Because nothing gets under their skin. Yeah, Renata read it. You're mm. a party pooper. Mm. Hello, Becca Lee. Becca. Hello. She said, uh, hello to the wonderful Anne, Renata and Steve. My question is, what are some signs that a ghost or spirit is nearby and what is the best way to attempt to contact a spirit? Good question. We'll hand over to Auntie Nata. Mm. Well, you always get this sort of feeling, don't you, that you are not alone, that you might be being stared at. Um, or that something is just a little bit out of line. Uh, there are a number of books that are written about how the human body reacts to fear um, and can fortuitously see what's going on before it actually happens. So your body actually reacts before the event actually occurs, even if it's a few like milliseconds beforehand. It, it is already prepared for a shock. Uh, and so, you know, the hairs on the back of your neck, for example, standing up or that chill that runs through your body is your body saying, be wary, there's something here going on that you need to pay attention to. Ookie spooky. Mm. Um, some people will actually see things. Some people will feel things. Some people will hear things. But you've got to also kind of think what, how does it happen for you? Um, if you've had an experience, go back into your memory bank and kind of work out what happened first. Um, and what was the second part of the question? How to contact? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, look, the easiest way is to say hello. Oh, hello, hello. Is it me you're looking for? I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm, you know, I'm. You're. Can you see did, me? What, wait, what? wait. Do they say hello from the other side? Mm. <laughs> oh. Hello from the other side. Mm. Oh. She wasn't appreciative. <clears throat> no. Um, so, yep. Start up a conversation and um, see where that takes you. Now, I also want to let you know, ladies and gentlemen, and all those people listening, uh, we are all going to be radio, uh, not radio, uh, oh, words. They're going to be radios. My, myself, Renata, and cousin Steve are all going to be at Bitter and Twisted <gasps> next Saturday at Maitland Jail. We have been hired to present the ghosts of Maitland Jail at Bitter and Twisted. We are doing a 45-minute show where we are going to be telling some of our stories. We'll have some photos and videos and things to share with you. So if you are going to Bitter and Twisted, which is the... uh Beer festival, and uh, I'm buy us a drink. No, oh, yes, please. I'll buy them a drink. I'm going to be driving back from my dirty weekend with my husband uh, to do the show. Uh, Speaking of bitter and twisted, yeah. Um, so I've got to be there by eleven. So I'm driving back from Port Macquarie, and then I'll drive back afterwards. This is oh, the you'll be right, and I'll have to pay heavily for this. You know, you'll be right. You'll oh. be right. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, I have to pay the price, not you. So yeah, come see us. We'll be in the auditorium doing our stories. Uh, All right. We've got um, Happy Halloween. Why is that not opening? Happy Halloween. And once again, thank you for gaining access to the control room outpost. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah. Do you want to tell them what that is? 
Uh, if you uh, head over to Maitland Jail and you are standing at the front gates looking uh, in, on the left-hand side there is a like a castle-looking um, it's a round, part, big roundhouse. Yeah, roundhouse with tiny little windows, little slits uh, in the sandstone work, like they used to have in the old um, castles. Yes. They, they used to ping very, the very arrows. Very Tower of London. Yes, yes. And uh, that's where the uh, control room was um, for opening and closing the gates and making sure that the right people were coming in. The gatehouse, if you will. Yeah, yeah. keeping the nefarious people out. Yeah, there was one wandering around yelling at us last night. Yeah, that was interesting. That was very interesting, very especially Maitland. especially when he said, I was in with Ivan. And I went, oh, my God, quick, <laughs> lock the gates so we stay inside. So he doesn't come home. Oh, I got a bit scared. Um, <clears throat> anyway, uh, Dave did say it's always exciting to get covered in cobwebs and investigating. The residents once again gave me more than expected. I'm not sure how I deal about being called a Spanish donkey by the resident Charles Spirit. But it was great, fun experience. Thank you so much, Dave. And thank you for helping out also with our thank you, Dave. gorgeous friend there. And um, especially looking after us, because, you know, if we'd seen that, we would have been right there with them. Um, and Maxine, hello, Maxine. Tell Renata and you, Anne, I'm dressing up for Halloween. I'm going as um, uh, as a devil it's a onesie. I think it's it is a bat onesie, not a devil. Oh, I think the autocorrect gotcha, Max. <laughs> so you're going as a um, a bat. That would be really interesting. I'd like to see that. Um, all right. So we are uh, quarter two. We've got to go to a song, but we will be back very soon with more stuff. But make sure you text through your questions or shout outs to zero four nine zero eight four triple eight six. We need sleep. Zero four nine zero eight four triple eight six. That's the one. Bye. Spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata on Newcastle Live. I have just officially freaked out Cousin Steve by showing him a picture of my son. That doesn't sound good. No. <laughs> my son is normally a very handsome young man, but at the moment he is covered in the itchies and we're not really quite sure what it is. I'll just show you a Cousin Steve, Dr. Cousin Steve. Ooh, um, yeah, I'd go get that looked at. Maybe a Chingles. All right. Well, we'll <laughs> Chingles. Ch- chingles. Let's I go. hope it's not Pringles. <laughs> They're horrible to get Chingle out of bed. bells. Chingles. Bell, no. jingle, oh, all the way. Don't. That's painful. Oh, it is. It's awful. It's, it's like lots, of, lots of people. I know a lot of people that have actually, like young adults that have had it recently. Mm-hmm. Or young adults. We're, four, we're, we're turning 40 now. So but yeah. it's happening. Yeah. All right. We've got a question from Spooky Girl. So spooky. I am living with four spirits in my house. I need to get rid of them. Any idea how I get my unwanted housemates to leave? from Spooky Girl. Now, Spooky Girl, I know you, and this is the first time that I would have heard you say you want to get rid of your guests. You normally would open your doors and go, I love this whole idea of of living with ghosts. So what's going on? That's my question. What's going on that makes you feel that you need to be rid of them? Has someone suggested that to you? Or can you sit down and have a chat with these lovely spirits and say to them, look, this is my new home now, and you are welcome here, but but you must behave yourselves. I know you, my darling. You can cope with this. So, hmm, 
It's an interesting question that you ask. Yes, and how do you know there are four there? That'd be interesting too. Yeah. Do we know yeah. the history of the location where you're at? Mm. Tell us more. And are they all from the same family or are they different people? Um, or were different people? Um, Daisy wanted to know, has he been swimming in the ocean lately? Uh, no, but he has been to South Africa. He's only just come back a week ago. Mm. Uh, oh, Steve's eyes are getting bigger sources over there. Oh, God. <laughs> no, he, he did tell the doctor that he had just come back from South Africa. Um, so they did. Deepest, darkest. I, I think they're overlooking the simplest explanation. Shingles. Well, have sense. a look. All right. Oh, fella. Um, I think the doctors would know. We're sending you love, Alex. You what have we bugger. got here? Uh, we've got Yindyamara. I bought some copper dowsing rods, but they won't work for me. But they did for a friend of mine. I use just normal 8-gauge fencing wire. Is it common that a certain metal won't work for some people? I'm not familiar with that. I'm not that... Um, my knowledge on dowsing rods is very basic. Mm, I mean, you can get a, a branch to work if you need to. So I, I think it's, um, look, it could be something to do with just that um, spiritual connection that you have to a certain thing um, that sort of just engages your brain and says it's got that was going to work for me and something else isn't. Um, you know, there's, there's no specificity in this. It's the power isn't in the dousing rod. Is in, it's in the person that's using the dousing rod. So don't worry about what it is. Um, use whatever is comfortable for you. But in saying that, some people do have a reaction to certain metals. Some people can wear them as jewellery, no problems whatsoever, as other people will come up with rashes and things. So maybe there is um, a, even a chemical reason why they're not working for someone. It's just I'm just thinking logically. Mm. Maybe I, high metal count in your blood or something. Yeah, I, yeah. I can't. Honestly, I can't answer I can't, that one. I can't, I can't answer that one for it's you. Too hard, everything's too hard at the moment. But yeah, it's a very interesting thought-provoking question. Now, I did say to you that I would share something with you. I'm going to try. Um... My daughter, Hannah, has two beautiful girls, uh, Charlie and Ruby, and um, we've also got Lige, who is uh, uh, Jake's son and Hannah's stepson, but as far as we're concerned, we're all family. And we got a very interesting message from Lige's mum the other day, and I'm, I have to be very careful how I describe this, but... Let me just read you this, and I'm, I'm hoping that I'm going to keep my shit together as I do this. Hey, yeah, this is going to probably be a long one, and it might make you emotional and apologise in advance. My mum just called me to say Lige was talking about her granddad, about her to granddad. Uh, he said, granddad came to visit me at dad's last night. Now, at the time, they thought it was Jake's dad, um, and then asked, did Nan come as well? And he said, no, 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 granddad comes on his own. He lives in heaven. He said that they talk and they have conversations and that he's actually around a lot of the time. Now, he said, she says that it would probably make you emotional, not trying to upset you, all that sort of stuff. Just want to let you know that Lige still sees him, talks to him, and he's around you more than, the, than what you know. Um, now... I, she also said, I hope it's some sort of comfort that Grandad is okay and he's still right there with you. Now, Grandad is actually their great-grandfather, and that is my dad who passed away on the 10th of August. So for me, 
That was the most beautiful message I could possibly have received. My dad had a special soft spot for Lygie. Um, Lygie's had some sort of difficult starts for his life um, and uh, learning difficulties and a few other issues. So my dad, who also had a rough start in life, really um, sort of empathised with him and... uh, it warms my heart to think that he is over there with Lygie and talking to him and saying, I'm here with you. It's okay. We'll have a chat. We'll be together. Uh, and still in, in death, he, he looked after people in life where if there was elderly people around, he'd be making them meals and, and taking them shopping and doing everything for them that he possibly could. And now in death, he has come back still to help and to find that he is still around. It just makes me feel very warmed to the cockles of my heart. Mm, so beautiful, and especially at Halloween. At Halloween, it was yeah. just a gift, and it's it's been tough. I um, have suppressed a lot of the uh, emotional side of this because we've just been so busy. We've been going overseas. We've been trying to pre-record, and I haven't had time to grieve. But I read that, and I broke down, and I sobbed, and I howled and I felt much better afterwards. Mm. Much, much better. Mm. Interesting, though. I mean, what are our thoughts about life after death after this? But look, it was also a gift to me in another way in that Lygie didn't have anyone say to him, are you seeing anything? Is there anyone around you? Is somebody contacting you? Mm-hmm. He's just, as a little kid, gone, hey, mum, granddad came to visit. And she's like, she didn't know about this. Mm. She didn't know anything about it and thought it was a different person until she put it all together. And um, that is just an awesome bit of proof of the afterlife. It's it's nuts. It's fabulous. It's good to hear, especially for what we deal with a lot of the time. Yeah. It's ghosts and ghouls and horribleness and all that kind of stuff but there are these moments and we get them on tours too where they are genuinely emotional touching moments where you get a reminder that you know it's not all misery and woe and all that kind of stuff and the worst of human the worst of humankind it's Mm. the it's the best that can reach back Mm. and give you a message as well yeah absolutely that was a happy halloween for me but right now we are going to head off to a little bit of a break but don't go too far because uh from what i can see there is only one song in there so guys you're gonna have to run to the bathroom (laughs) to get to uh the um next break so we'll be back very shortly It's time to cross back to the other side. Welcome back to Spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata. Welcome back, everyone. And Anne has left the studio for a moment. And guess what? I'm in the hot seat. She never lets me hear anymore. No, 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 no. no. So we also have... Cousin Steve in the creepy corner. Yes, and we are going straight to you for your story. Yes, we're going to creepy corner. Welcome back, my little crawlies. It's time to open the door to everything that's dirty in the pop culture paranormal sphere. And there's been a um, fortuitous synchronicity this week because I didn't realise what letter we were up to for uh, for the old. 
ABC of mythical vampire whatever we're up to V and this week or just recently not this week because we're a little bit behind the times with everything that's happened because of you know the travels and the pre-records and all that kind of stuff but there has been a massive massive release of something that if you're a fan of if you are an elder millennial or someone that grew up watching TV in the 90s in the late 90s early 2000s uh, I'm going to play you four notes and you'll probably know what I'm talking about. I have no idea. Renata, no. Ladies and gentlemen, after much, 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 much waiting, there is finally an official sequel series to Buffy the Vampire oh Slayer. Oh, my God. Now, this has all come to light thanks to Audible. It's a series of radio plays or episodes, podcast episodes, which continue the story of the core character, some of the core characters from the original series of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So the- some of the original voices? Some of the original actors. Ah, that's what I mean. Yes. So this has all happened. Uh, The series is called Slayers, a uh, Buffyverse story. And it is, um, yeah, an Audible original. So Audible have gotten well and truly behind this. And it does have the original cast members, James Masters, who played Spike, Charisma Carpenter, who was Cordelia, Anthony Head, who played Giles, Juliet Lando, Drusilla, Emma Caulfield Ford, who played Anya, Emma Benson, who played Tara, um, Charles Leary, who played Clem, and Danny Strong, who is one of the famous nerds that became, uh, became like the big bad evil. But this story is set 10 years after the events of Buffy the Vampire Slayer's finale, which was... 23 years ago. Wow. 23 years ago, Buffy ended its run this year. Buffy's got wrinkles. Buffy's... Well, this is the story of of what happened post that episode. So at the end of the series, um, Buffy and and her gang, after a couple of fatalities, which um, some of these characters were, some of these characters didn't make it out of the series alive, um... They accessed a power which made the potential slayers, every girl that was would have had the potential to be a vampire slayer, was issued the power. Mm-hmm. So instead of one slayer per generation, every every girl that was going to be born to have that power would come into that power Empowered at 16. Everyone. Yeah, so it's a big women's like, whoa, whoa. Mike, you just spoiled yeah. it for me. I've never actually watched the Well, end. look, you can go back and you can go back and watch it. It's still worth, it's still worth it. But I'm going to give you a little bit of a um, segue of what's what's going on. And um, as I said, the series is actually co-written by Amber Benson, who played Tara on the show, and Christopher Golden. And its focus is Spike, who is undercover in Los Angeles, where he ended up in the TV show Angel after Buffy. Oh, that's right. I remember that. Yeah. Yep. Convincing the forces of darkness that he is back to his evil ways after Ooh. his love affair with Buffy Summers. Love affair might be a bit... It was a bit you know, dark at S&M. Oh. <laughs> but when his cover is compromised by 16-year-old Indira Nunnally... 
a new Slayer, Spike finds himself baby Slayer sitting, baby Slayer sitting Ginny once more. I said banging the babysitter. Ba- no, baby Slayer sitting. It's hard to say. While he attempts to track down a watcher for his eager new protege, their path collides with a veteran Slayer from a parallel universe where Buffy Summers never existed. Oh, how that's a really good way to yes, get around get it, isn't Sarah it? Michelle Gellar. Yeah, she would have cost a bit. And the and that um, the Slayer in that universe. None other than Cordelia Chase. Uh-huh. The, the high school mean girl oh. <laughs> was the Slayer. And uh, Cordelia needs Spike's help to um, save her universe from the big bad that is terrorizing her world. His ex-girlfriend, the vampire Drusilla. Uh. Um, it's really interesting. I was I was a huge Buffy fan. I remember watching it. I was really lucky. It came out when I was in high school. Like it, I went through high school with Buffy and all that kind of stuff. It was my generation show, and to be able to go back into it with the voices, it's it's different. But when you listen to it, it's quite. It's like a warm blanket. You go, I know these characters. I know these voices, and it's really, it's really refreshing and nice to see. Um, James Masters said of it, I'm excited to be back with my dear friends for this next chapter in the Buffyverse as we take listeners on a familiar but unexpected journey chock full of horror, passion, and mischief. I'm excited for old and new fans to experience this beloved world of vampire slaying like never before, brought to life through immersive audio storytelling. Now, there's all, there's been a bit of drama, obviously, surrounding Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, due there's to, never drama. Due to Joss Whedon and his treatment oh. of the cast and as that came to light there's always been rumours that the set was not a happy place but the female cast members have in recent years banded together and shown what a misogynistic like horrible place it was to work so I find it really interesting and obviously quite therapeutic for these people that kind of suffered through it that they've taken back the story. But how can they take the story back? Because was he only the director? He, he create so he created it, but it would depend on who owns the copyright now, right? Because Buffy was signed off into that whole Fox universe kind of thing, mm-hmm. so she's I don't know if she's well, she, technically she's owned by Disney, so Buffy's a Buffy's a Disney princess. Oh at the my moment. heavens! Yeah. So. Um, there's been on and off reboots of Buffy happening for years. It got really, really close in the last two years that they were going to do this as a TV series. But I think COVID really set everything back again. Sure did. So these guys have, have you know, taken back these iconic roles that people love them for mm-hmm. and moved the story forward in a way that is obviously quite well accepted by fans. So the whole series dropped on October 12th. It's eight hours worth have you listened to all of it? I'm halfway through. <laughs> I got very, I've got very, I'm very behind. There's lots of um, media to absorb this Halloween. There's yes. So much stuff. There's The Exorcist. Yeah. There's Five Nights at Freddy's. There's oh, there's we got so to much see stuff. the actual. Um, creatures from that movie. Yeah. They were at... Uh, at Universal. I don't know if anyone's seen the uh, video that we put up when we were at Universal and we went in to watch... I can't remember what it was. You and had Megan dancing at yeah, you. Yeah, all of a sudden the, the lights came up and Megan was right in front of us with a uh, machete 
and doing the Megan dance. And I just about pooped myself. I was so excited because I love the Megan dance yeah. and everything. So that was exciting for us. But those creatures from Five Nights at Freddy's were out the front and they were actually the screen ones. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. That looks like a, a great movie if you like um, animatronic things coming to yeah. life. But very quickly before we run out of time, if you're a Buffy fan, check this out because obviously it's the good stuff and the, the cast are on their A-level. But if you haven't checked out Netflix's Fall of the House of Usher yet, oh my God, I've it is so started. Good. I've started. I've watched stick, episode one. Yep, stick past the first episode right. and I was then you'll get to, sucked um, right in. Right. Actually, stop my Netflix account because I just never watch yep. it. Fall of the House of Usher. And Goosebumps is apparently really, really good as well on Disney+. Oh. Plus. Mm. So Goose, there's a TV series of Goosebumps that's just been released. The first half of episodes have dropped already. Mm. The second half are coming. So there is lots to digest this mm. Halloween. You've got lots and lots and lots of stuff to read, watch, mm. enjoy, and listen listen to which is you know we like that when pop culture collides with nostalgia and you know yeah, Buffy's a well-loved we, dude. We head to the back to the movies. The last one we went to was The Pope's Exorcist. Yeah, that so wasn't that it, long ago yeah. for, for us. The amount of times we go to them, I think the time before that was Ghostbusters. Yeah, so <laughs> I think we need to go see a, a movie and um, do a review. I wonder if Claire would like to come back in and do a movie review. Mm. She hasn't done one for a while. Something scary. We did have a question that came through. Uh, I think it was Yindimara wanted to know when are we going to do another collaboration with Isaac Butterfield? Mm. Um, soon, we hope. Mm, We've soon. been trying to catch up with them. Yeah. And uh, we have some ideas and we will keep you posted. Mm-hmm. He's a slippery man. Oh, he is. Oh, we're just as bad, though. He's asking us, are you available here? Are you available? We're going, no. They're, very sli- they're all slippery people. We are. <laughs> Speaking of slippery people, we're going to go to a song. We're going to slide to the break. Mm, we're going to slide to Slim. <gasps> Not Slim Shady. Spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata on Newcastle Live. Back. Finally. Again. This time. Again. <laughs> Bloody Miley. <laughs> Miley. God, she should get her own show, I tell you. <laughs> oh, really? Got nothing better to do How than rude. still spooky Sundays. Right. Okay. We are back in studio. And Anne, I believe you have a story to share. Well, I do. Um, I, you know, I followed the theme for the today and I have dug into the interwebs and found some true Halloween stories that have happened to people. But this first one I wanted to share with you, Renata and Cousin Steve, um, we might be familiar with some of what is happening. Mm -hmm. So this is by Haunted Cat Stories. uh, And it is so this year... Oh, that's the the handle, not what the story's about. Oh, okay. Um, The clown from the Halloween store. Is the name of it. So this year I went shopping for Halloween decorations. I went to this store called Spirit Halloween. Uh Yeah, yes. Yes. Uh We went. There's actually a movie. They have a movie out too, Spirit Halloween. There's a a movie. About the shop? About the shop. Oh, really? Ah. The shop comes to life. Oh, wow. Um, And I actually bought some of uh, my grandchildren's Halloween costumes there. Mm -hmm. Uh, So they got those today and they immediately put them on and they were chuffed. Sorry, back to the story. My mum said her friends recommended it. When we went inside, there was a lot of cool, realistic Halloween scares. There was one that I really liked. 
it was a bloody clown. I don't know whether it meant it was covered in blood or it was just a bloody clown. Because bloody clown's more Australian, isn't it? Bloody clowns. Uh, and when you step on a trigger, it raises a knife and then lets out a very soft but ominous... I wanted my mum to get it. But unfortunately, she did not want to spend too much money. She got a silly spider, <sighs> a triggered dead girl. Oh, poor little dead girl. She was triggered. Yeah, uh, and an orange light bulb. I have no idea why she got them. And we left. <laughs> but <laughs> that's, no the, idea why she that's the story. Now, um, but the clown, I thought that was cool. And it soon turned out to be quite scary. I began to have nightmares about it. And I saw a few of my neighbours decorating their house with that clown. And when I went to see a neighbours, that's my age... If they had the, oh sorry, that doesn't make sense. Even when I went to see a neighbours that might, that's my age. If they had the clown, I'd run down their driveway like a crazy person. I'd just run back to the house. I don't think they checked their words before they posted. Neither did I. One night when I was doing my homework, I heard a freaky shh that I immediately recognised. Obviously, from the clown. I began to freak out, but I had to finish my stupid math homework. I kept on hearing the freaky shh sound, and finally, I finished my homework. I put my book away and convinced myself I was imagining it. But while I was in my bed texting with friends, I heard that stupid shh. Sound from my closet. Nope. I just had to tell my mum. Burn the house. I told her. Yep. But obviously, she did not believe me. Now I think I was imagining it. So tell me what you think, because I'm just not sure. Oh, baby. Burn the house. Uh, And just out of interest, (laughs) I I, uh, read who had posted because they they put in brackets the type of person that wrote it and they said the author is a young adult mm-hmm. and um well, I, math homework you would assume someone at high school yeah yeah so i think they just freaked themselves out and, yeah. but where was the shh coming from mm. that is the question we got time for another one yeah, can you yes we do okay let's let's go to the demonic entity outside my window of course that's always a good one isn't it get away <laughs> Oh, hiccups. Oh, now that's hurt my back again. Silverio Sanchez sent this one in. Again, United States. And the category is non-human entities. And the author is a young adult. In 2004, on October 31st, I witnessed a very disturbing image that still haunts me even today now that I am 25 years old. I was nine years of age at the time, and on that day, I spent the entire time at home with the whole family watching movies and eating chocolate candy. We never really celebrated Halloween, not because of our beliefs nor the fact that Halloween was such a scary holiday, but rather the fact that my parents never understood the reason why people would waste money on costumes or risk us children getting into an accident. Killjoys. 
I reckon. <laughs> well, throughout the day, we decided to watch a few films that we had rented in order to spend the night with the family. As a young child, I have always had a passion with drawing, so I always carried a sketchbook with me wherever I went. That night, as we watched movies, I began to doze off and had the desire to draw rather than watch the movie. Luckily for me, my sketchbook was on my bed in my room. As I walked towards my room, I opened the door and walked in. While the lights were off and my bedroom window open, I looked to my right to turn on the lights. Oh, I looked to my right to, to turn, turn on the, the lights. lights. Got to but as right. I faced my right, I could not help notice the disturbing, disturbing image outside my window. What I seen outside... What I seen. What I seen outside my window was the head of a pig. Jody, But not any ordinary pig. Jody, The flesh seemed to be beaten so bad. The snout ripped apart. The left eye gouged out and the ears ripped off. Ugh. The only detail that really stood out was its... Red glowing eyes. Oh, we've, we've taken a detour to Amityville here, ladies and oh, gentlemen. As I stood there for a few moments staring, I could not move as I, if I was paralysed. I wanted to walk out of the room as quickly as possible, but it's moments like these that you the need minties. <laughs> that fear wins over our actions. Years later, I tried to search for more cases relating to the supernatural involving the bodiless pig. It's called Dindins. I never really found out sources relating it's to my experience until I heard the case of the Amateurville Haunting. Oh. Dun, dun, dun. I wonder Long. what movie they were watching. Mm, I wonder. Long story short, the young boy who experienced the strange phenomena at the Amateurville house also witnessed the bodily pig outside his window. No, it was the young girl. Get your stories right. What does this mean? After all my research and wanting to understand, I finally came to an understanding that things are better left alone than explained. Till this day, paranormal activity has still been active in my home and myself, including my family, have become used to the phenomena. About a year ago, I ran into the family who lived on our property before my parents purchased at the house in 1996. As we talked about the experiences that I and my family have encountered over the years, the father of the family did not seem so surprised. As I explained, the headless pig apparition... apparition, apparition. Uh, well, hang on. Wasn't it? It's not headless. It was the head of a yeah, pig. The, yes. It's the, the bodiless. So the bodiless pig apparition. Oh, get your story straight. Uh, he also talked about his experience about witnessing the same pig head outside his window. That's no way to talk about your wife. <laughs> Steve, <laughs> did you snort? Get out of here, pig head. I understand... <laughs> I understand I was only nine years old when I witnessed the demonic entity outside my window, which could have been all in my head or imagination or somebody wandering past with a costume on. Oh, um, Amityville Horror Remake came out in 2005. Uh-huh, yeah. But what is the coincidence that the family before us lived on the same property witnessed the exact same image outside their window? What are your thoughts and opinions? Mm. 
Why are you scared of a pig head? I know. It's not like it's going to do anything to you. Yeah. yeah. It's mm. terrible. The scariest thing about a pig head is there's no bacon attached. I know. Mm. Can't cook a pig head. It's not even a squeal. No. Mm. Oh. Let's go to a song and we will be back Hopefully one shortly. Song. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> Spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata on Newcastle Live. Welcome back, everyone. And have you all seen this month's full moon? It is beautiful. We were staring at it for the last two nights while we were at Maitland Jail. We were staring at it this morning when we were leaving Maitland Jail. <laughs> you it were. It was coming up and the moon was coming down and the sun was coming up. You were. Um, but it's, it's a beauty this week. But my story comes all the way from Ireland. And um, and you have been in this place twice, I I think you've been twice here. Yes, I, have I have been once, and we're talking about uh, a demon in disguise at Lep Castle, Lep. County Offaly, Ireland. Now, Lep Castle has a very haunted reputation, and the latest episode of Spooked Ireland aired on the Reilly Channel and available on demand on Discovery X Cross Discovery Plus Plus. Not yep. available in Australia. Bummer. And it explores this spine-chilling location with an investigation team led by Vogue Williams, who who looks at a baby and says, I'm going to call you Vogue. I don't know. And Chris Fleming, the episode promises to unravel the mystery of one of Ireland's most haunted places. The 13th century castle was built under the ruling of the O'Carroll clan. Now, we covered this in our True Hauntings podcast. A family infamous for their brutal and bloody history. Vogue Adams, one of the hosts, elucidated on the reputation. That's a very big word for a Sunday night. (laughs) (laughs) On the reputation of Lep Castle, describing it as a hub of violent events. The weight of these historical occurrences seems to linger in the form of paranormal activity, a point made evident by Chris Fleming, another investigator on the show. One of the most talked about spectres at Lep Castle is an elemental spirit. Now, you've heard of this one, Anne, haven't you? We have, yes, the thing. Yes. Where's my place? I forgot. See, I'm not interrupting her because Renata's getting a little bit on edge. She's a little bit tired and cranky and we're getting a bit scared. So I'm I'm not interrupting, but I am going to fill till she finds her place. (laughs) (laughs) Find it! (laughs) Hear the disgrace Local (gasps) investigator Jenny Solomon has been, that's how tired I am, exploring the castle for six years, attempting to decipher this mysterious presence. Oh, Jenny... Get tracked together after Jenny. six years. Six years, girlfriend. Oh. Chris Fleming has harboured a decade-long desire to investigate the castle ever since a friend and paranormal investigator was shoved near the chapel. The investigation commenced in the banquet hall beneath the chapel. It's hilarious. I've never heard anything so funny in my life. Don't shove me in my chapel. <laughs> No, my she's private gone. place. She's cracked herself up and she's gone. <laughs> the glasses are now fogging up. This is not good. Someone shoved uh look, just to just for to keep it relevant, someone shoved it in the vestibule. <laughs> Rest in peace, Matthew Perry. <laughs> oh no. 
Oh, and look, if you've enjoyed the songs tonight, let us know. If you haven't enjoyed the songs, send in choices. your own list of songs that you'd like to hear. All right, she's got it back together. Shove. She hasn't. The investigators experienced Festival. several unexplained phenomena during their quest. Ryan O'Neill, I'm a professional, noted feeling oppressed by strange ghosts. Oh, oh she's got that and frogs coming to throw Both again. he and Chris Fleming. <laughs> We've lost her again. Chris. Come on. We're, <laughs> we're almost there. We've got, you, you know when you get to that hysterically yeah, tired the, I, stage? I, I do because I hang around with you a lot. I know what the delirium is like. We, we run our poor people into the ground for no money. This is like hour two in the car with Renata. This is, she's got to that stage. We've already killed off poor Emmy. She's run away from us. Yeah. And now we're going to try and kill off Cousin Steve. Yeah. So Chris Fleming heard footsteps emanating from above easy. their heads, precisely where the bloody chapel is located. Bloody chapel! An electronic voice phenomenon <laughs> session <laughs> yielded a crackling sound interpreted as a spectral voice <laughs> was of it a rubbish. Was it a chocolate which crackling they sensation? attributed to the elemental spirit, naming it It. Oh, please. Please, you have... To You've put a dagger into my heart, people, honestly. Upon entering the bloody chapel, the investigators heard a hissing sound likened to a snake. This intensified. But there's no snakes in Ireland because St. Patrick got rid of them all. Just because they weren't there to start with. Are you telling me the Bible's not accurate? Oh, them fighting words. So this intensified their quest to uncover the identity of the so-called it. What is it? Pennywise. Vogue Williams explored another fascinating angle, the role of Mildred Darby. Who the hell's Mildred Darby? She's a very special lady. She was a former resident of the castle who dabbled in black magic. Don't you remember we had her story on the um, the True Hauntings podcast? We talked about her. I can't remember that. She was doing seances and stuff. Mm. Silly woman. Now, she had documented her experiences with the elemental spirit in her diary. <gasps> According to her writing, she had faced near-death experiences since encountering the elemental. Williams pondered if Darby's dabbling Oh, oh I love the alliteration Darby's and dabbling in the occult had summoned the elemental spirit or whether it was an enduring consequence of the O'Carroll clan's brutal oh, raid. It's a stain. It's a thought form stain. Ah. So while the episode thrived on a tapestry of grim history and spectral mysteries, it's worth considering that the experiences are subjective. I don't think she wrote that. The auditory and visual phenomena, although eerie, may have logical explanations, perhaps in the realm of psychology or even basic physics. For the sceptical viewpoint, the dense history and atmospheric elements, this was written by AI, can easily lend themselves to heightened senses and interpretation, which could be mistaken for paranormal activity. I'm not done yet. Dense, but is it moist? As Ryan sets up for the evening, Chris Fleming can't help but share his expectations of a spirited night. Considering the numerous people killed here by their Carroll family, the team has already gathered some electronic voice phenomena that indicate a certain Mildred as the individual who summoned an elemental spirit. However, the form this elemental has taken remains elusive. 
confirmation Williams and Ryan O'Neill take it upon themselves to venture into the so-called O'Carroll death pit to make contact with the entity. In a space described as cramped and oppressive, they set up an audio recording device to capture any sounds or voices that might emerge. Both investigators audibly express their discomfort in the narrow confines but continue to to ask questions inquiring I'm getting a cramp I'm getting a cramp Vogue Uh, inquiring whether any spirits reside them reside there or met their end in the pit. Back in the banquet hall, Chris and Evelyn Hollow make a startling discovery. (gasps) A REM pod, a device used to detect electromagnetic fields, goes off, suggesting the presence of a spirit. doesn't detect electromagnetic fields. It it, um, breaks the... The, it puts out electromagnetic fields and it detects if it's that field is disturbed. Mm. Interesting. They're, they're disturbed. Through a series of questions and device flashes, Ooh. they ascertain they're communicating with the male spirit who once lived in the castle. Of course they are. Flash, More flash. chillingly, the spirit indicates that the elemental could be considered demonic. Flash, 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 because it's three for demonic. This unsettling revelation seems to imbue Chris with a sense of anger, suggesting uh. a dark influence is attempting to assert control over him. I think Steve's falling asleep. As His eyes the are investigation shut. progresses, Mildred's role becomes clearer. Not only was she involved in sorcery, but oh. she also seems to be trapped in the castle by the very demon she summoned. Oh, loads of Blame it on poor Mildred. In the final showdown, Chris calls upon angelic forces to oh, take uh, the demon oh, away, declaring that it no longer has permission to inhabit the castle. He demands the entity that has been there for a zillion years be gone be gone be gone and be imprisoned in a safe place and attempts to help the castle's other spirits move on excuse me are yeah, you getting rid of offer. all the, what what's happening to all the paranormal investigators that go there now and claim their spirits uh, it means that he was full of bull dust and didn't do a thing oh. because if the spirits are still there then he didn't do a thing well reflecting on their night at Lep Castle Vogue says well this was a pretty special place it's special Chris- Vogue said don't just stand there let's get to it there's nothing to it Chris in agreement says it's kept up to his legacy and being the most haunted place in Ireland that's for sure well except for now because you've gotten rid of everything yeah. good work oh. I how the owner feels about that if he's making his living out of people coming to see the ghost and experience the ghost, how do they feel about people coming in and, Moving and on. cleansing them? What if the spirits don't want to go? What's their place in doing this? Well, obviously they have nothing to say because he has come in with Vogue. Vogue and and whatever his name is, Chris, Chris, have decided they're going to move everything on. Yeah, and look, we've experienced that before uh, with investigators, that the first thing out of their mouth is, you can move on, spirit, you can move on. And hang on, we haven't even spoken (laughs) to them yet. Do they want to move on? Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. It's like it's their sole thing in life is to, like we've we've moved spirits on, but they've asked for help. Mm-hmm. We will we will help whoever asks for help, but um, it's not our place to force anyone to do anything against their will. No, fancy telling your grandma to leave the house. Yeah, get out, demon. Mm-hmm. Get out, pighead. <laughs> With no ears and a crooked nose. All right, we are going to go to a song, and we shall be right back. Don't go anywhere. Spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata on Newcastle Live. Oh, 
Oh, and we're back with Anne Renata and Cousin Steve. Yes. Yes, and this was kind of like our Halloween special tonight uh, because, yes, it is Halloween on Tuesday. Tuesday. And uh, we are Halloween going to be special. featured in uh, New Ideas we're tomorrow. In the new and we're being interviewed on which radio station was it on? New ha- FM. New FM on new Halloween FM. morning, so mm-hmm. listen out for us. Mm-hmm. And if we're lucky, we might get a, a TV <laughs> spot before then. Oh, who, who knows? knows? Who didn't, know where, didn't know where that was going. Then mm. I did it I was. Well, if we're lucky, we might get a. <laughs> I was like, oh, happy Halloween, everyone. Maybe that too. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Um, but oh, speaking the, of Lep, the last, Lep yeah, Castle, the last story we we're talking about Lep Castle and the fact that we have been there uh, and we have done a little bit of adventuring around Ireland. We next year are taking a group of adventurers with us to Ireland for a very, very spooky few days away and it's going to be right at the time of St Patrick's Day. It is, to be sure, to be sure. And Lep Castle is one of the places that we are going to investigate. Yes, it is. So we have Lep Castle, we have Chillingham Castle. Um, No, not not Chillingham. Chillingham. Not Chillingham. Charleville. Charleville, sorry, Charleville Castle. I'm not sure if investigating Charleville. I know we're going to Charleville. Uh Not, not, I can't remember which ones are the investigations. But we have at least two or three places to visit every day. The itinerary is as long as my arm. Yes. It is amazing. And we're going to one of our most favourite places, Muckross Abbey. Oh, Muckross Abbey with that beautiful yew tree. Oh, you just, oh, there is something so special about that tree that... I, there are no words. Mm. I'm going to go see if I can hug it this time. Yeah, um, we did before. We, didn't we went we? in um, in darkness. It was as dark as dark could be. Oh, yes, <laughs> so filthy dark when we were. It's out as there. dark as my cat's butthole. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's very descriptive. <laughs> He's a black cat. He's, he he's very cute. His name's Ollie. <laughs> I think we just broke Renata again. Ow! Anyway, so the tour is uh, from the 14th to the 23rd of March. It is 10 days, 9 nights. And uh, you can find that on mysteriousadventurestours.com. And I was just going to quickly see if I could get that uh, itinerary up if somebody wants to fill for a second. Six days, no, sorry, 10 days and 9 nights. Do mm-hmm. we know the name of the nights? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, we start off in Dublin, unveiling Ooh. the shadows, and we step into the enchanting realm of Dublin. Dublin. Um, and I know that we are go- a welcome dinner. Oh, and drinks. Din- dins, We're going to go and do the ghost bus. We are doing the ghost bus, oh, which is, is so hilarious. Fun. It's great. Oh, then we go to Malahide Castle, St. Patrick's Cathedral, Kilmanham Jail, which we did a um, mm-hmm. True Hauntings podcast on. And we've been there too. Yes, we have. Oh, that just all jumped very quickly. Then we're going to Haunting Tales and Fairy Tale, Fairy Encounters because mm-hmm. we're going to the Hill of Sloyne, yeah. uh, Belvedere House Gardens and Park Clonbrock House near Ballinslow. Uh, we're going to look for the Green Lady, the Green Fairy. There, might be, there might be a few Green Ladies at that point in the tour. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're going to the Fairy Fort Pat and Evelyn Noon Green Hills. Yeah. Oh. Then we spend St. Patrick's Day in Galway. And a pretty little 
Go away, girl. Go away is insane. I can't. That's at the best of times. I can't imagine what it's going to be like on St. Paddy's Day. uh, That's the livers part of the shivers and livers. Then we have the Cliffs of Mohair. No, Moa. Which is just breathtakingly beautiful. Then we've got. Jumper made of Mohair once. St. Bridget's Well, which is uh, Robert mentioned the other week. Uh, What happens if St. Bridget's not well? Uh, (laughs) uh, Halsfield. there's a couple of St. Bridget's Wells, and there's one that's very special. We're going to teach people yes. to make clouties. Yes. We're going to leave our clouties on the, the fairy oh. tree. Mm-hmm. We're going to Killarney. Get if you do that sometimes <laughs> let, me, let me know if you need to um, uh, pull it up here. We're going to the Blarney Castle. We're going to kiss the stone. I'm not because of COVID. <laughs> <laughs> Look it. Then we are going to go to Clonmel. Now, we've been to Clonmel twice. We're going to St. Patrick's Well. And also is there, there is St. Bridget's Fire Pit. Oh, yes. 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 I'll stay on the bus at St. Patrick's Well. Okay. Then we, <laughs> was that the one we were going to go to and there was a, we found that religious retreat and yeah, yeah, accidentally? So. Right, the Rock of Cashel. <laughs> I haven't been there. Yes, where the revered St. Patrick converted the King of Munster in a Herman. fateful encounter. <laughs> uh, then we're at the, the County Arms Hotel. I've Two. stayed at the ca- County Arms oh, Hotel. You've stayed at the <laughs> <laughs> I can't, that hurts. I've stayed at the County Arms and in the room that I was in they had the little uh, book there with the County Arms and somebody had scratched out the O. <laughs> Then we go to St. Lunas. St. Lunas in Lugna. And then we're going to Lep Castle and and Charleville Castle and um, Wicklow. We're going to Wicklow Jail. Then the St. Bridget's Cathedral. That's the one that we wanted to go to. Mm -hmm. And the something tower. I can't. Duckett's Grove. We're going to be exhausted. I'm tired. We're going to the Hellfire Club. Oh my God. Not the hill. It's only a little hill. They better take us. I'll bed off of that wheelchair at the <laughs> Hellfire Club, Renata. Oh, yeah, yep. so that's oh. that's just some of the itinerary that we're doing for Ireland, and you can join us. Yeah. One of us. One of us. <laughs> you like, yes. like all those crazies did that uh, came and did New Orleans with yes. us. Yes. So the thing you have to do is contact Mysterious Adventures yes. uh, and uh, put your name down. All you need to have is $100 US. I don't know what the, de- the deposit um, is at the to uh, secure your spot. I'm saying look at flights. Yes. Yep. So join us. But it is time for us to leave you for this evening. I hope you're doing, or we all hope that you're doing something very, very special for Halloween night. Something spooky, something wonderful with the family. We are going to be with friends and we're going to be at Maitland Jail, all dressed up and ready to go on Ghost Hunting 101. There's a few tickets left. There are a few tickets left, so buy them. We want to sell out Tour. I might have a few lollies there for oh, special people. Oh, trick or treat. Nice. Mm. It, oh, but here we go. We but. are going to a song. We're going to leave you for this evening. We will be back next week. Happy Halloween, everyone. Happy Halloween. Some of us will. Happy Halloween. Bye. Bye. Most mysteries can be solved by looking at the 
facts, but sometimes the facts don't give us the answer. So it's time to call in Anne and Renata. Spooky Sundays, when the truth lies beyond a logical answer. Dive deep into the world of the unknown with real ghost stories and the unexplainable. Sometimes unconventional, but always entertaining. It's Spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata. Sunday from 8pm, only on Newcastle Live.